0: 702. Sports Talk. SMS 31702. Max Mapunyana, thank you so much for your time. So it's such a pleasure to be talking to you once again. Thank you very much, for
1: inviting me and uh, good evening to
0: the listeners. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to it. I mean, the last time we had you on the show, we were talking um, not career, we were talking all things football that had nothing to do with you. It's good to, once in a while, turn the camera and look at you.
1: Yeah, sometimes you have to, but uh, I'm very strange in a sense that uh, as much as one has uh, really been with uh, a few teams, or four to be precise, Mm. I don't always look back at that because uh, I don't have much to regret. You know, when you always look back, that's when you have regrets. But uh, it's been a good journey, and I can't complain at all. 18 years of the bliss.
0: I mean, 18 years is uh, such a long time to be um, a footballer. How did you even manage to get through? Obviously, you started a young professional contract at the age of 19, but uh, it must have taken quite some navigation.
1: Oh, yes. Uh, in fact, uh, it wasn't easy, especially when you were still at school. Uh, in fact, it wasn't even at 19, because I remember I was in uh, Standard uh, 9. Obviously, at the time, Standard 10, uh, it was, was called, but not the great like these days. But then at the time I was in uh, Standard Nine and then uh, the following year I was in Metro. But I signed in uh, December, not December, no, October, October 1980. But I couldn't play because obviously we had closed for registration deadline. So then I had to start playing the following year, 1981. So the first game was on the 12th of April 1981 against uh, Leicester City out mm. at Eldorado Stadium.
0: I mean the fact that you still remember the date, the, uh, uh, the 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 opponents, and I'm sure the moments of the game. And I want to talk about that. I mean nobody really knows who you are at that stage. You now a young, fresh-faced boy, uh, and you just want to play football because you love it. What did it feel like to finally play? And then also you're playing Leicester City out of everybody.
1: Yeah, it was very interesting because uh, you can imagine those days they had uh, your waga waga your food, and God, daddy, and the fans wanted to see their stars. And suddenly, there's this uh, peach black boy who was having a bushy hair warming up. And the fans they didn't know me, it was a packed stadium. And they were not impressed, and uh, they felt I was obscuring their view. You know, when it's packed in one of those small stadiums, the guy sits right against the fence. And they were just screaming at me and throwing papers at me, small things like plastic empty plastic bottles just to say, Yeah, we are obscuring our view. <laughs> and I'll never forget I could hear every day, Yeah, everybody <laughs> you know? mm. and then I came on and uh, scored and said, Who oh, oh, no, number seven one <laughs> you know, and that's how it all started. Scored on the on debut made a big difference, especially for a big team like that. And uh, never looked back and I was blessed that uh, I played with quality players who also motivated me and encouraged me. In fact, doctor's father mm. was really the man behind my career because he always got me to be to be in action all the time.
0: I mean, tell me a, a bit more about that influence. Uh, you mentioned quality players and we'll get there because uh, absolutely you played with quality players and to have achieved as much as you have achieved, you you must have had... Good supporting cost uh, but let's talk about doctor's father and that impact, and any other uh, you know uh, person that, that had a massive impact in your life as a youngster before you really found your feet.
1: Yeah, in fact, he saw me when I was still playing for amateur team Shamrock Special during those days, and then he saw something in me, and uh, then he had a duty, and it wasn't even it wasn't a duty bound; he wasn't forced to do that. But he made it his duty, because he was a team fitness trainer, made it his duty to collect me, among others, Mm. from school to go to training daily, (laughs) you can imagine. Mm. And then a year or two later, he became the team uh, coach. But we had already had that combination and uh, that rapport, because uh, he used to call me Dito. Because uh, he was called, I mean, his name was Pro, his nickname. Mm. And my nickname was Pro in the township. In fact, when you go to Midlands, you'll not hear yeah, anybody calling me Max or Gorman. They just call me Pro. And then I know this one is from Dofai. So for Pro, as he was affectionately known, just loved me. And uh, we worked together so well. And uh, he really looked after me among other players at coverages.
0: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> You know, you have such a decorated career, Uh, Kaiser Chiefs. You really made a name for yourself, Um, and you'd have played in multiple jerseys in Kaiser Chiefs. Which one is you know framed maybe over your mirror so that you see it in the morning first thing when you look at yourself in the mirror? Or you know which 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 jersey at Chiefs is the most special to you, and why? It's uh, one that uh,
1: it's even the only one left. (laughs) <laughs> the the JPS, it's a JPS. Uh, jersey I'll, I'll remember that we played a one-all draw against uh, Orlando Pirates, and then the replay was at uh, uh, Ellis Park, and we beat them three-one that night. It was an evening to remember for mm. me. And I mean, uh, Orlando Pirates three-one from one-all at the packed Orlando Stadium. You go to Ellis Park, you tear them apart, and uh, it was that uh, just immediately after the release of, uh, the dancing on the ceiling, you remember that whole album of Lalo Richie. Right. And we were every, after every go, they would play that clip of, uh, the dancing on the ceiling <laughs> and we were really dancing on them.
0: Yeah. And uh,
1: but we were, we were really on a high on yeah. the night.
0: And in terms of the players that you've played with, uh, in that time, um, you, you, you know, as I said, you're young. You just want to play football because you really love it, and of course, you've got the players that you look up to. You are from Midlands, and um, so it's very familiar to you where you are. You know these people; they are your, your heroes. Uh, which of those players really made a mark on you at that young age? You know, at that um, start uh, of your career. Playing
1: with, playing, or with,
0: playing yeah, against, uh, playing with.
1: But- playing with definitely was uh, the late Ace and Zuling, uh, the late Waga, and I mean, those uh, are the players that were really motivating me. But, you know, it was very interesting. You know, you can be comfortable when you get to a team and everyone thinks, uh, is he going to crack it against the Wagga Waga?" I mean, that's a season striker.
2: Mm. He would
1: score with a volley on the run at any angle. Mm. And then... People didn't know that when it got to training, he didn't look at it that way. He would be the man that would be guiding me and say, this is the, how I hit it. This is how you should do it. And with your speed, with your youth exuberance, take advantage of this and that, you know. And you, they would think it's someone that would be feeling bad because you are going to, in inverted commas, take his place. But it's not, it wasn't like that. He saw me as someone who will come in there and help the team. But the player that I lived with, who was a senior player, I lived with him for about two years when I got to Chiefs, which was just one blessing that I'll never forget, is uh, Radam Fokke. He adopted me literally to say, I wanted to get out of that uh, atmosphere of uh, bitterlands and just be here with me in the family. And we would wake up and train in the morning before he goes to work, before I go to
0: school. I mean, where did it he was stay? very interesting. That he adopted you. Where, where, where did he take you out of? If you say that he, he adopted you, you stayed with oh, him. He
1: adopted me as in taking me out from home for two years. Yes. Just to stay focused. Yes. And he was the captain of the team. I mean, not too many people do that. It wasn't his job to do that. Yes. But he just saw potential, and he knows what can happen when you are a youngster. And uh, you're coming from a township, you know. Your career can make or break if uh, you start rubbing your shoulders against all these people who will be giving you free alcohol and tell you how great you are. And stay with them. Don't go to training because uh, they will need you. You don't need them. You know those lines.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, this guy was um, Kaiser Chiefs' longest-serving uh, captain as well. Um, so yes. it, it, it is, you know, it just attests to his leadership qualities. Where would you um, have been without a man like that? Well,
1: I, I must add that he helped in a situation where was where, where I was uh, sort of closely guarded, because I am fortunate that I come from a very strict family. My dad was a no-go <laughs> you know, mm. so that is why it was easy for him and Ryder to talk about me staying there, because then it was more okay. I understand, and I know you. And I mean, my dad was a chief cut carrying member. He loved cousins, mm. you yeah. Know? And when to see this more disciplined player at his house negotiating this, he thought it can only be good, yeah, you know? mm. because uh, he, he he wouldn't have just accepted that. I mean, I'm talking about a man that would make sure that when I come back from a night game, I mean, the 8 o'clock kickoff, and then uh, 10 o'clock after the game is over, I would be home at about 11. I would find him sitting there making sure that I do homework. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And despite the fact that he's going to work the following day.
2: Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the way the old man was strict, he has a little joke that I'll never forget. Yeah. So, this particular day, those were the days when I'm sure most uh, elderly citizens will remember. Remember the days of uh, the midnight flights? So, we would play a game at 8 o'clock in Devon, finish at 10, and then fly back on a midnight flight. And I got home and he locked me out because it was about uh, 12, half past 12. And then he says, How can you come from Orlando? And this, uh, what would have taken you so long to come from Orlando to home? Because Midlands and Orlando are not too far. I said, No, but dad, you were playing in Devon. And he says, No, you couldn't have been playing in Devon because uh, it was so clear on the radio.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you, you must have been around the corner.
1: I must have been around <laughs> the corner just because there was so much clarity during the radio commentary. Oh,
2: that's yeah. beautiful.
1: Yeah. That's... and that's uh, how strict the man was. And by the way, on a Saturday after scoring a hat-trick or maybe an odd goal in a cup final, but first thing in the morning on Sunday, I must also remember that I've got to run the chores. you know. Mm. So in the of four boys, mm. then uh, I would literally frame that. Step. I would make it shine with the sunbeam.
0: And I mean, how much how much of that you know upbringing did you um, actually carry into your football? How much of it gave you that longevity in, in your career?
1: It helped me a lot because obviously it taught me a lot of discipline, a lot of cleanliness, and a lot a lot of things, you know. And to be having that level head, obviously, thanks to Ryder too, and to an extent that uh, even when I would be in the camp. I would just make sure that after training on a rainy day, I mean, you can imagine how muddy it would be when we coming back from training, whether with Bafana Bafana or in particular, though, with Bafana Bafana because we would stay there for a week or two. But you would always find that straight from training, straight to the bath, wash everything, even the soccer boots, and make them make sure that they're there waiting for the following day. And I'll never forget Ogi Makala Galani would say, eh, but you know that tomorrow will also be rainy. <laughs> I, no, no, let me deal with, with my situation. <laughs> and there is nobody no, but you make me feel bad because my infection is not as neat as your side. So that's the, the influence yes. that uh, one can pick or can say I have picked up from home. That upbringing was so positive.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, it would have uh, carried you through to now where you're a father and you have to bring up your own children, and especially because of who you are, they might be more in the spotlight and you have to find a way to just, you know, keep them in check.
1: Yeah, that's the reason why they run away from home. Because they realize, no, they have to wash dishes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> actually then, uh, This man is no, out of order. Sometimes we just need to let these things slip. No, no, not that. You don't sleep and then you find your dishes slipping. No. I... How do you eat out of something and then it looks at you? I mean, you're inviting
0: trouble. Yeah. yeah? absolutely absolutely and look we we it's actually for us to it's a way for us to chase them out of home because <laughs> they're old enough to wash <laughs> their own dishes in their own house now uh, if you've just tuned in i'm speaking to marks maponyane who is of course a south african footballing legend uh he's done it all he's he's seen it all um played for bafana played for kaiser chiefs orlando pirates uh he was also on loan i mean he's yeah, you know who he is, and now he's become a broadcaster. Um, um Max, I'm gonna go to the Twitter line because people have been, you know, sending in some messages to you, and I'm gonna start with a voice note actually uh, that came in a little bit earlier.
1: Good evening, Butler. this is Gajir from Pretoria, and then I would like to tell our legend, Max Mopoyan. In fact, I just want to thank him and other uh at, at that formal legends for the the way they've paved uh, the way they've paved a way for our young players abroad as you can see now our players are well recognized as the results of the hard work dedication and the skill
0: they've shown previously so what i can tell him is that why can't he just be a player is an agent so that he can be able to represent
1: our players because he knows the downs and doors of of international football. Thank you.
0: I mean, that happens a lot, Marks, so I'm sure. A lot of people want you to get involved outside of broadcasting in the game, uh, um, uh, whether it's an agent, whether it's coaching. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, in fact, nine times out of ten is about coaching than being an agent. Uh, Because, obviously, with an agent, you need to have that little bit of legal background. Or, in fact, you've got to have law as uh, one of your priorities. Mm. Uh, But answering that of uh, being a coach, it has always been a call. And that uh, call, I haven't heeded And I always say to the guys, but I don't feel bad because I, instead of coaching a team, because when I'm a coach, it means I'm going to coach a team. Then In this case, I'm still coaching the nation, meaning I'm coaching every aspiring young coach because you are an analyst. And the way you saw it or the way you see it is uh, the way it should be anyway. Whether I'm telling it to the 22 or the 35 players that are in my squad, it's now this time I'm even giving it to the 58 uh, million people.
0: Yes, and that's exactly what happens. A lot of us, uh, we sit at home, we think we know, and then Mark's come on the TV and he says something very smart. And we're like, you know what? That is exactly what I think as well. And all of a sudden, you have coached the entire nation, as you say.
1: But you know, with uh, humility, I always say I also get so frustrated when I'm watching. Mm. Even when I'm not on air and uh, see something. And you feel like, uh, I wish I could just share this with these guys. Can't they do this? Can't they do that? You know, the basics that will never change. You know, there are things that will never change. The times will change, but basics will never change. And there are still basics that are lacking
0: here and there. Absolutely. And uh, I can understand that frustration. Uh, another one that's come through on the WhatsApp line, it says, uh, Hi, Butler, please ask Mafa, who is your favorite all-time striker? And then he goes on and says, I think Alan Shearer. <laughs>
1: In fact, it's very interesting. Instead of here, yes, uh, I've watched all his uh, feats, but uh, one of the best that I will always remember is uh, Jagent Linsman. I ended up adopting his uh, celebration style after scoring. You remember when he was like sliding with his uh, chest through mm. the, uh, across the pitch after scoring? And that beautiful sliding uh, chest. Mm, 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 mm. But uh, that's uh, the man that... I I liked him for one reason. Any angle, he would just whip it. It would be in the back of the net. But his uh, style was more like a free-spirited player. You know, I always say uh, that uh, you can see a player that is playing with a concern of... I wonder if I have just done the right thing. I hope this is not going to go wrong. And every time he does that, he looks across. Just where he looks when he looks across, he looks at the bench Mm. to check if there's approval from the coach. Because coaches sometimes don't realize that every time when they go through with different gestures... Some players, those gestulations just get into them to say, "This man doesn 't want me, this man doesn 't see any good from me <laughs> you know and you know they're human they 're into the game, they also want to uh, they wish well and want good for the team yes. that's why they sometimes will be kicking a bottle or maybe a basket uh, full of uh, water bottles. Not that he it doesn 't like the player, but it's because the player ran from halfway line, beat everybody. And he tried to play a cross, and it ends up on the f- row 45. <laughs> you know, that's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are the things that one has gone through and seen over the years. I mean, to an extent, I need to share a story with you. What happened is over the years when I was young and uh, starting to play at this level, I was trying too hard. And at some point, Joe uh, Fregutin, he called me, and he says, you know, my you're frustrating me. You have the energy. You're doing everything mm. right. Except that when you get into the box, you still run with the same speed and collide with the goalkeeper. I wish I can put a bag of cement only when you get into the box. <laughs> 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 just put a bag of cement on your shoulders and then you slow down. You need to you slow know? you down. And at training, he went on one thing. Yes. It's just slow down. Just slow down. I don't mind your energy anywhere on the pitch. You can slide tackle, you can fly, you can do anything on the halfway line. But once you see this big box, remember to slow down. Mm. And over the years
0: with experience, it worked.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no,
0: I mean, that's that's what coaching is supposed to do.
1: That's exactly what it's supposed to do. But he never took away anything that he thought I was or was the reason why I was signed. Mm if he saw anything good in me he says everything you're doing is fine i like it but the downfall it's where it matters where your check is signed I <laughs> putting see. the phone in the back of the letter, where you win trophies
0: that's why that we that bought you problem. that's why you
1: are here and yes And that worked for me over the years, because then the likes of Wagga Wagga were helping. And then before you know, he's normal with the team. Obviously, age caught up with him. But then we carried over the team, because I was privileged to play with uh, two brilliant generations of Kazuchis. That generation of Bullugugu, Radamfuken, Wagga Wagga, the late Shagangwagu. And then I played with your Wellington Manyati, Dr. Kumalo. Yeah? Mm. Latte, the team mm. cool. just hungry individuals who would still take any team on, and they really took any opposition
0: on. You know, uh, you mentioned that, and um, I have a, another question here on the WhatsApp line, and I can't find it now, but it went something along the lines of, why do you think, you know, in this day and age, our strikers aren't scoring 20-plus goals a season um, like we would have seen back in your days? The answer is very simple,
1: and uh, even if I have to go deeper into this philosophy, I can always uh, emphasize on that, and it can be proven. It's about lack of competition. Lack of competition is in a sense that uh, you go onto the pitch and think, okay, I've scored, it's fine. Uh, when I get a chance, I will score. No, it doesn't work like that. Mm. The difference between scoring now and not, uh, uh, I mean, and, uh, scoring then and not scoring now is that now there's this thing of, uh, I see how it goes. Nothing will go your way if you don't make it happen. Mm. And we played with players that made things happen. I mean, now because there is no football. I've been privileged to watch on uh, on uh, SABC. Yeah, there's been some, uh, what is it, retro?
0: Mm, Google, some some Google classic, yes. Go- those
1: classics. And you see New York Cousins, you see who's pulling who's the one. Mm. Mike Mangana, Shane mm. McGregor. Those were the people that uh, when they play on a Friday or on a Saturday and Chiefs is playing on Sunday, I would not ignore the fact that Mike, Shane, and Newell Cousins have scored. Mm. Now, if I score a head-trick because they are on 18, and I'm on 17, it means I've got to score a head-trick, and then I'll be on top, I'll be on 20. But believe you me, they would also do the same. Mm. And they would bang in goals week in and week out. So when there is no competition, there is no reason for hunger. When there is no reason to do anything, you will do it just. And once you do it just, you leave no legacy.
0: We really hope to see that competition come back uh, because we need it. We really, really do need it uh, in South African football at the moment. Another one here on the Facebook page, uh, Mark, says, uh, I-, I like the man on the other side. This is from Putin Konki. He says, I like the man on the other side of your show today. Can you explain to us how he felt when they lost the league title to Jomo Cosmos? 1987, if he's not mistaken. Uh, at that time, Kazi Chiefs only needed one win or a draw um, in order for... Uh, but were losing to Cosmos... Uh, who, who toppled them. Uh, he says, I love you, his humility. I remember I gave him a note to finish Robert Maraud at Auckland Park, and indeed you did so. Uh, Mafa, he's listening.
1: Yeah, in fact, uh, it will be, it's one of those. It happened twice, and the Cosmos time was the first time. 1997, we were, it was a weekend where things were to be wrapped up. So we were supposed to win the league midweek, but then we didn't win a cup game, the Men's Day Cup, uh, against Orlando Pirates mid-weekend. Uh, uh, so, because we were going to wrap up the league on Wednesday, the league game, I mean, the, the cup game against Pirates, we played one or four. Then the coach decided, and uh, the coach then was Jeff Butler. May his so rest in peace. So, he decided, I'm now going to rest a few key players against uh, Cosmos. But then we needed one point. And if we lose that game, it meant Cosmos would uh, would win. I mean, uh, Sundowns would win the league. And we played them somewhere in uh, the East Rand. And we lost by an odd goal scored by Phil Mazinga. And it was such a strange goal. I'll never forget that goal. Imagine Boucher, it's 87th minute. Phil Mazinga tries a shot. It was a mishit. It, it hit a little stone in front of Gary Bailey when he's got his knee down, hands together, trying to collect it in a routine save, You know that routine save, And that ball just went over his shoulder, and it was the only goal. And the Sundowns players and management ran onto the pitch. That's how they got the trophy.
0: <laughs> wow. That must have hurt. Now,
1: on that week, we lost on Wednesday. Mm. Obviously, the morale was low. Mm. We were asking as players, "That does it work? Why did we play to win the league and the cup? Now well, he's resting players for the weekend. He killed the combination. And then come weekend, we played Paris in the replay of that Manchester Cup final. And we lost to Paris by two goals to one. Mm. So in a week, we lost the cup in four days, literally. We lost
0: the cup and the league. And everything just unraveled in four days. All the hard work mm. was blown in four days. So I, I know these things. The second
1: time was when we were playing against the uh, Bushpacks, Deben Bushbacks. We have never lost to Deben bushbacks in our history. We played them. We needed a point. Out of four games, we needed one point. We couldn't pick up a point in the other four games, meaning we lost them. I mean, the other three games. Come to the fourth game in Deben, we, they beat us 1-0. And Cosmos, Jomo Sono and the team were waiting at the airport for the trophy. And the sponsors landed with the trophy and Cosmos was celebrating. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Never say never. Because we had that hope that, but guys, we know we will never and we have never lost to Bushbox. And we lost to (laughs) Bushbox for the first time. So there's always the first time. The moral Mm. of the story, stay focused. Whenever you get into that pitch, don't think or don't take anything for granted because there will always be surprises.
0: You said something there, Max Maponyan. You said never say never. And I'm sure a lot of Kaiser Chiefs supporters would have never said, ah, Max will play for Orlando Pirates one day. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden, uh, things change in a year and you're at Pirates, you're no longer at Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, you've hung up your famed number seven jersey, and
1: uh, yeah, no, yeah. I've never hung up that number. Uh, everywhere
0: went, uh, and <laughs>
1: everywhere
0: uh, went. But now you're taking the one at, at, at Orlando Pirates instead of. of yes. James. I mean that must have gotten some backlash. How were the death threats? It wasn't easy.
1: Firstly, it wasn't easy to submit that uh, resignation letter because I was given a choice. Are you in or are you out? Yes. This is the only thing we can do. This is what we can give you. I said, sorry, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I cannot settle for that. And then I moved on. Yeah. You know? But moving on was a blessing. You know, as they always say, if you always keep looking at the door behind you, you'll not notice the double door that is open in front of you. Yes. And I never looked back. Got to Orlando Pirates. And uh, got there a bit of uh, unfamiliar territory, I must say, the first game. I was in this black and white jersey. Mm. I wasn't sure whether uh, I was wearing the right colors. I mean, after 10 years of uh, gold and black, yeah? Yeah. And in the first half, I really had a mental problem with the colors. And then we were a goal down against Cosmos. And then second half, I just said, you know, let me focus. These people expect a lot from me because I am someone with a reputation from Gaza Chiefs. They expect me to continue. Because also, there's this thing, you know, this thing of uh, 30 years old. And then I thought, no, but I cannot do that. And then I, second half, I was privileged to just be in the right place at the right time in that box, put the ball in the back of the net, scored two goals, we led 2-1, and last minute, the late Nick Sicueni put the ball in the back of the net, called recently, beating Cosmos by three goals to one. Mm. And I was now into Orlando Paris. I started feeling the fans, I started feeling that confidence back, because that first day was always going to be a question. Is it the right move? Is this going to happen? And It happened.
0: I mean, and 40 goals later, 136 appearances, it definitely was something that happened. Um, on my SMS line, actually, Marks Maponyan, I've got someone that says, please tell Marks that I really love, I have uh, him, I have massive respect uh, for him, especially the influence he had at Orlando Pirates. Do you remember the 3-1 win against Kaiser Chiefs while playing with yellow and green Umbro jersey? Uh, and he says, but I'll reduce my love if he's not playing for Pirates legends. Hmm. <laughs>
1: I will never forget that day we played uh, against Kaiser Chiefs and uh, uh, we wore the green, black, gold and a little bit of white chin. I don't want to go any further. You work it out. Those were the, those were the colors of the oh, yes. day. Hmm. And Kaiser Chiefs was expecting this black and white, all white and black team.
2: Hmm. And
1: but to cut the long story short, before they know, Mark Batchelor, yours truly, we were up front, spearheading the mm. Pirates' uh, attack. And we always had this thing that we can't lose to a team that we come from. And we were so fortunate that in all the years we played against the Chiefs, we never lost to them.
0: You were the, the key ingredient in this one, obviously, Mark. And not only never lost to them, but scoring.
1: <laughs> in fact, one of the goals we have scored from the day was a penalty. Sure. The third goal, you know.
0: Yeah no it must have been a very difficult Paul to swallow for the Amakosi faithful. He has a voice note actually uh, in line with what you've just said.
1: Uh, good evening Boucher. This is Thabo in Ratpark. Ah man god the legend over there. Max come go. You know I used to love Max when I was young and then he switched and played for Orlando Pirates. Arr. <laughs> At he was eighty now. Yes, he that. I remember the they, they they moved case achieves him and uh, Ashola. Yes, and even that
0: celebration of sliding in the chest. Yes, <laughs> they gave people sleepless nights with that uh, with that sh- switch there, Marks.
1: Oh, yes. In fact, uh, Mark Bachelor was uh, also the right person at the time because he was a box man and mm. big man heading everything. So there they was a uh, left back. Uh, Called Ruklerp's Plaza, if I'm not mistaken, and we realized that there is uh, it it, is more like an avenue or a freeway for us, and we thought, let's use this freeway. Literally beating, even if you beat him with an inch, whipping across, and he would say, "Ma, I'll be in the box, I'll be in the box," and he would be in that box, and it's in the back of the net all the time. Whenever he gets it, it finds him in the box. And uh, that's, uh, that, that was very uh, sort of simple for us mm. to plan because whether you like it or not, it depends how close he is with the keeper. But any other opponent would not be, or defender, would not be as tall as he is. So it means he played away from the keeper between the six yard box and uh, the, the penalty spot. Then the keeper will always hesitate to come out because he's coming a long way out. If you don't get it, you get punished. Mm. So the cross also needed to be precise. But Bachelor was always getting those delightful crosses.
0: I mean, you speak of that, uh, you know, almost so simple, almost so, yeah, you know, this is what we do. It's part of our DNA. And it just seems like we're missing that a little bit uh, nowadays, Max. Um, Look, I I could speak to you forever, but unfortunately, time will not allow. So I want to find out from you your favorite moment of your career. Anywhere, anytime, just a moment that every time you close your eyes and you look back at your career and you say, you know what, out of all of the moments, this one here is the one.
1: It was not on the field. It was off the field.
0: 1984,
1: mm. we went to the awards evening, the South African Sports Hero of the Year. But like, you can imagine those days uh, in the room was uh, was solar, Brian Mitchell. Uh, the late baby, Jake Matala, among others, mm. big names, you know, and a uh, carry player. And then I had a good career, I mean, I had a good year, 19, 1983. So 1984, we won everything, literally. So still spearheading the attack. And then came the moment, uh, ladies and gentlemen, The South African Footballer of the Year is. Yes. Yes, Truly. I mean, that's a star studded room. Yes. There's a list of quality finalists. And uh, that, to me,
0: is a memorable uh, a moment for me. Max Mabonyana, you've given South Africans plenty of those uh, memorable moments, moments we will never forget. Even us young ones, we've had this opportunity to watch you again, uh, Well, Uh which we didn't really understand back in the day. But so good to talk to you tonight. And it's been an absolute pleasure just hearing just a fraction of what your career was like. Hopefully we can continue this conversation someday soon.
1: Thank you very much, Bush. And uh, once again, congratulations. I heard about your waiting on Friday. And uh, stay focused, and uh, I wish you the best. Thank you. Your so timing was perfect, by the way, just before the lockdown.
0: Look, I, I know how to plan. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Thank you so much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Marks, go, man, go, Maponyana, South African footballing legends in all essence of the word.